The following program is underwritten by... It's important to handle any pet behavioral issues with love and care rather than pain and punishment. That's why Dr. Roger Mugford from the Company of Animals created the Pet Corrector, which allows you to safely change unwanted behaviors in your dog, like barking with a simple... Order yours today at www.companyofanimals.us. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. She's going to be on today? Today, yes, she is. She is such a hottie. You know, I love that show. All I do is just call her up and ask her, hey, Elaine. You're connected, you, you know? To, yes, and she says she would love to come on and talk to us. Unbelievable. Elaine Hendricks will be joining you us. You guys know Elaine Hendricks? Apparently, yes. I don't know her. Well, I don't know I anybody, do. but Judy knew. <laughs> Judy has a huge Rolodex. Wow. I just pick her up and just call the call her cell. She uh, is in Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll, which airs Thursday nights at 10 p.m. on FX. I just got into that show about three weeks ago, and I said, don't. Don't we know that lady? Yes, didn't we have her on? She was back on in 2013. She was talking about the pet matchmaker then. She's sure. like actress and activist. She's huge. So I got to ask, do I get to like put requests out for like, you know, some hotties like, you know, Mark Wahlberg <laughs> or Matt Damon? Okay. Yeah, you do just, I get to do Just send me the list. And, okay. and what, what about a Josh? I always get his last Josh name. Josh Dumel. Josh Dumel. Yeah. yeah. Nice, yes. He's dreamy. I know. We need him back again. Okay, there you go, ladies. <laughs> Let's uh, answer some phone calls. First, uh, what are you working on over there in the newsroom, Lori? Oh, sorry to put a damper on things, you guys, but um, talking about, you know, Cecil the Lion and everything that's come out because of that happening in Zimbabwe, uh, baiting, and we'll take a look at some of the baiting laws around the country. Hey, Warren, welcome to the show. Thank you. What's going on? Um, I have a, a 16-year-old cat that, that I adopted after he got hit by a car. I saw him get hit by the car. Hmm. Um, he lost the ability to urinate and defecate on his own. Um, I have been expressing his bladder for 16 years. Um, wow. I'm going through a contentious divorce. My wife was supposed to learn to express his bladder so he could stay at the house. I have. I am in an apartment now, uh, and pets are not allowed in the building Um so um, I, I can't take him with me. And she has since reneged on learning to express his bladder. So I've been boarding him for a couple of months now, trying to find a solution so we don't have to euthanize him. Oh, my goodness. What an amazing story. I mean, that is such a period of time to manage a, a pet with a, a neurological injury. That is, that's amazing. I commend you for, for all your hard work there. Um, you folks did a story on him back in 2006. It's still online. It's uh, it's the June 24th episode in 2006. Um, and if you search on Rambo Wetzelberg, uh, spelled W-E-T-Z-E-L-B-E-R-G, um, the story is, is there uh, with some pictures of him. Um, anyway, that's my situation now. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to find a, a solution so that uh, they don't have to euthanize him. Yeah, well, I, as far as um, logistics, to me, sounds like that's kind of the biggest thing, is who's going to 
be the primary caregiver. Well, I imagine at this point you've exhausted all of the, the medical um, approaches to try to manage his um, neurologic problem with his uh, inability to control his um, you know, urine and stool. Um, so I don't think that is that, that's not necessarily the, the question that you have. You're asking what you should do to find a caregiver for him. Is that correct? That's what I would like to do is find a, a caregiver or an organization that takes animals in you know Rambo's situation and doesn't euthanize them. Yeah, well, I think a lot of like the support um, and rescue groups um, are going to be quite regional that you would need to tap into for a special needs pet. Now, if there was someone else who could take over his care, you know, there might be some other um, medical things or surgical steps that we would look at trying, um, and I haven't done it myself, but I've heard of pets that get, can receive a long-term um, cystotomy tube. So, you know, they can have a, um, a tube going into the bladder under the skin and be a way that a caregiver can, if they're not comfortable expressing the bladder, that they can empty the bladder, um, you know, two to three times a day. You know, that that's just a medical um, solution, and it, it's not always for every pet because there's a lot of complications with that kind of um, equipment. So I don't know as far as um, where I could necessarily direct you outside of uh, you know, your local channels. Um, most of the things that I can assist you with would be, you know, more of finding, finding groups that can help with uh, more of hospice or palliative care. And there are different um, groups in every community um, that provide these kind of things. Sometimes they're limited to veterinarians that do at-home euthanasias, but in other situations there are veterinarians or veterinary caregivers that will um, come to the home for pets that are either in terminal or with chronic illness. Um, so I don't know if that might be an outlet for you, but um, there is, it's called the International Association of Animal Hospice and Palliative Care. Um, the abbreviation is IAAHPC.org. Um, so you might check that out and see if they have resources or maybe connections to folks within those different rescue groups that might be able to help you out. Okay, that was I-A-A-H-P-C? Yes, I-A-A-H-P-C.org. Okay. Goodness, I, I feel for you. That's a horrible situation, and, and I hope that you do make a connection with someone who can provide the care he needs because that's such an amazing thing to overcome. Okay, well, thank you for, for this suggestion. I'll, uh, I'll pursue this. Well, best wishes for you and Rambo. Yes, from all of us here at Animal Radio, Warren, thank you so much for calling today. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. 405 Hi, Joanne. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing fine today. How are you? Good. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Clinton, Iowa. Clinton, Iowa. Okay. I listen to KROS. Oh, well, we love those guys over there. You have such a sweet voice, too. I like that. You probably hear that all well, the time, thank though. You. So how can we help you today? Well, I have been, uh, I live in a village cooperative and I feed the animal, the dogs that are here. And one person said their dog died from canine carryout. Canine I see carryout? nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Now, is this in reference to something that's been circulating in social media by any chance? Yes, it is. And I'm uh-huh. wondering, is that so? That is not truthful, is it? 
I, I have not. No. What, what, are you, what, are, what are you guys talking about? Okay, so there is um, there's a story that was posted on someone's Facebook page where they um, were cautioning people on the antifreeze that is in the product, uh, the dog treat called Canine Carryouts. And, and what it is, it's misinformation, unfortunately. I'm so glad that you called about this because this is a, an opportunity to dispel bad information that you find out on the Internet. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so. It is true that the product does contain a product called propylene glycol. And propylene glycol is FDA approved. It is a food additive. It's also in cosmetics. Um, okay. It's in different drugs. Um, but it is not the same thing as ethylene glycol, which is the toxic antifreeze. So All that's right. a totally different type of product. And actually, in a lot of the pet-friendly antifreeze products, you'll find propylene glycol for that reason, because it's the safer choice than ethylene glycol, which is the bad one. So, um, so no, I would have to say that, you know, while there may be propylene glycol in canine carryouts, it does not cause the type of uh, kidney problems that we see in um, okay. uh, you know, typical well, antifreeze. Is it, I mean, you don't give them so much at one time. Uh, is that correct? You, it's more of like a treat for the animal. Right. And, you know, the amounts of propylene glycol that, that we would find either in our food products or in an animal product are very, very low. And while there can be certainly some concerns for people that, you know, might have, you know, allergies, eczema, um, or if they consumed a large amount of it, the small amount that we acquire in our food products um, is really negligible and, and of no concern. And I think it would have to be, there's been some toxicity studies where um, you'd have to have uh, um, over 5% of your total food intake to oh, in- okay. include okay. propylene glycol. So we're talking, this is a, a very low level, um, uh, compound. So, um, okay. yeah, so, so I, I wouldn't be scared no by that. that right? okay. No, no. Oh, and I think, I'm glad to know that. Yeah. I and I think feel terrible if something happened to an animal that I had been giving treats to. No, no. I, and like I said, this is, this has been a, a problem or a concern that kind of falsely has been out there for years with other pet food products where someone got on it and just kind of mistook the ingredient. And it is easy. You know, propylene glycol, ethylene glycol sounds so similar, um, but very different types of molecular structures. um, And they really just um, very different in how they could affect the body. So I'm glad to know that that's okay because these animals here love it. Well, good. <laughs> I kind of hate to take it away from them, you know. I understand. You you don't want to do that, especially around here. You wouldn't want to mess with the treats because the animals. Well, and I, I would feel terrible if I killed an animal. Yes. I mean, I'm just an animal lover, and I would feel horrid if I gave them a treat and they, you know, succumbed to it. I thought, oh, i got to find this out. So. Well, good to know now. Good information uh-huh. to have. I'm very glad you helped me with that so thanks a lot thanks for calling joanne from uh listening on kros in clinton iowa the number is 1-866-405-8405 this portion of animal radio is underwritten by those fine folks over at world's best cat litter as a cat lover i love my cats if you have cats you love them too the one thing that i think we have in common is we don't like to buy cat litter all the time and that's why i'm telling you about the concentrated power of world's best cat litter even a small bag will last you 30 days I get mine at Target, Walmart, and even my local grocery store. Let's go to Keith. Hey, Keith, how you doing? Hey, pretty good. How you doing? Good. Where are you calling from today? 
Uh, actually, Mount Pleasant, uh, Iowa. I'm just pulling into a Walmart distribution center. I'm a truck driver, so. <laughs> we love ourselves well, some OTR. What's going on with your animal? Oh, she's 13 years old, very vibrant still. Uh, she's a large border collie, uh, kind of big bones uh, for a border collie. She um, has hip problems right now, and I'm kind of worried and wondering what I can do to help her. Okay. Now, you're saying she's big bones, so is that a nice way of saying she's overweight? Well, no, no, no. She's, uh, you know, for a border collie, her prime weight when she was young, or she came off a cattle farm in Texas, is mm-hmm. 60 pounds for a female that's large for a border collie. The males generally ran around 70 pounds. Okay. I'm just not giving you grief here, Keith, but you know, definitely weight management is the number one thing that pet owners can do that you can control to make sure your pets are um, having the best mobility they can. So if she's in good weight, perfect. But if, if, you know, for for other dogs that might not be in good weight, before I go to drugs and medicines, I'm going to really push to get weight loss because that's that's the number one thing. Um, So are you currently using any remedies, any supplements, anything for her at this time? Uh, you know, I mean, I threw the glucosamine stuff at her. I was just more wondering, like, uh, do they have, because she's 13, uh, she was a Frisbee dog all her life, jumping up and mm-hmm. down. And, you know, I mean, it's seven that the doc told me that she was going to have hip problems. And I'm just wondering if there's any, she's having a real hard time getting up and down all the time now. Uh-huh. If there's yeah. anything I can do to alleviate the pain. The weight is oh, under sure. control, but she's still in pain. Okay. I can tell, you know. Yeah, and in, in her age group, I'll tell you, I have a 13-and-a-half-year-old lab, and I'm going through the same thing. And it depends a bit on the degree of discomfort that we're having. If we're getting slow getting up and down, um, there's a little bit more effort to her movements. It, dogs aren't going to cry, so I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for the slow, um, purposeful movements that they do. And, and if we're seeing that, then I may just add in one medication. I may try something as simple as a joint support with a pain medicine. My own dog, I'll tell you right now, I have her on five different things um, because we're, we're wow. losing function. We're, we're losing the benefit of these different medicines. So we'll need to find a spot for your dog somewhere within that, I, I'm assuming. Um, so a joint support, absolutely. Put her on a glucosamine product. Um, and even beyond that, there's hyaluronic acid supplements that can be given in the injection form or even in the liquid form. So that can help. It's a low-level thing, so it's not going to help that pet that is really horrible arthritic hips and and be the only thing that's going to fix that. So we're going to add in other things. My own dog, I have on Tramadol, which is an opioid-like pain medicine, which is very nice because it has low side effects and it's tolerated really well. And then I added in a non-steroidal pain reliever for my dog, and there's many out there. You'll need to talk to your vet about this. Make sure that, you know, she's um, healthy, she's got recent lab work, but a non-steroidal pain reliever is really important for a dog that's got a lot of um, arthritic problems, a lot of joint discomfort. There's only so far that supplements will go for those babies, and, and that's where my, my doggie's at. Beyond that, I'll even add in, um, there's a medicine called gabapentin, and I just recently added that to my dog's regimen, and it's really helped her quite a bit. Um, you know, but that's where we kind of build upon this, and it's what we call multimodal pain management. So one medicine doesn't stop pain enough um, in many older pets, so we have to kind 
kind of dabble in different pathways to try to uh, relieve their discomfort and, and to help them move. And so if, if you're new to starting something with her, I'm not advocating trying five things like my dog, um, but I would definitely see about getting into something that's maybe well-tolerated like tramadol or gabapentin and then see about a, um, a non-steroidal with your vet. I appreciate that. Do they make, uh, like a cortisone injections when it gets, you know, I mean, down the road? I mean, yeah. eventually your quality of life is going to come down to where she will have to be put down to understand that. But I mean, she's just so full of life. You know, mm-hmm. I don't see that happening in the next five years. Yeah, I know. Exactly. I'm going through the exact same things. You know, the the tails wagging, the jumping and the running for balls is still going on. So, um, for cortisone injections, they're really not the best thing when we're talking about managing pain. Um, we can, if there's a particular joint, we'll sometimes give it an intra-articular injection of cortisone, kind of like people. But um, if we're not doing those other steps that I've mentioned, that would be my first-line therapy that I would try that. Now, I have looked into, and believe it or not, they actually do stem cell therapy um, for dogs with um, hip dysplasia and arthritis. So that's something, but it's, it's a little bit more of a surgical procedure and probably not you know, routine use for for um, you know the average pet owner. I appreciate your input. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Fido Friendly Magazine presents the 7th Annual Month-Long Pet Adoption Tour, Get Your Licks, on Route 66. Along with community sponsor Zeus Dog Toys and media sponsor Animal Radio, the tour travels from L.A. to Chicago, powered by Sprinter Rentals, Stopping at shelters along the way to support adoption events with a giant spinning wheel filled with prizes you can win. Log on to get your licks on Route66.com to find out where the tour stops near you. You might just find your new forever friend. Did that get your attention? That's how it works on your dog, correcting undesirable behaviors. It's important to handle any pet behavioral issues with love and care rather than pain or punishment. The Pet Corrector allows you to safely change unwanted behaviors in your dog, like excessive barking, stealing food or shoes, or chasing people and dogs. With a simple, you can stop all these problems. Find out more at www.companyofanimals.us and get the dog you've always wanted. Right, Max? Like the taste of fresh apples? Try an Angry Orchard Hard Cider. At Angry Orchard, we believe in tradition. That's why we use apples from a 100-year-old orchard. It takes two apples to make each bottle of Angry Orchard. So raise a glass to a time when apples were best served in a pint glass. Angry Orchard, when you're looking for something a little different, crisp, refreshing, and not too sweet, just like me. Angry Orchard Hard Cider. Branch out. Angry Orchard Cider Company, Cincinnati, Ohio. Drink responsibly. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, canine caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com. Hi, this is Iron Chef Kat Cora on Animal Radio. Please adopt a pet. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. It's Animal Radio. We're celebrating the connection with our pets. Here's the toll-free number. 
1-866-405-8405. I've just been informed that we perhaps will get a call from Elaine Hendricks in just a few minutes if you watch the brand new FX series, uh, Sex, Sex and, and Drugs and, and, and Rock and roll. roll with Dennis Leary Woo-hoo. and Elaine Hendricks. She does a, a fine job there. And when she's not on stage, she's an advocate for the animals. So she'll be joining us in just a few minutes, hopefully, keeping those fingers crossed. She might be on set with, with Dennis right now, so we're hit, we have to wait and see. Hit and miss, okay. Yeah. Uh, Joey Volani, what are you working on? Well, we're going to talk about um, the um, new licensing that we're trying to pass with for, with the states and um, what you can do in the meantime to keep your pets safe while in the grooming salon. How are you guys doing with that? Getting any further on that? It's going along really good. I mean, we've got a really good structure, good base, got great people working on it, and we got... You know, a few states, including the state of New Jersey, who really wants to work and make this happen. So when government and industry get together to make something um, happen and work together, it's a good thing. Are you ticking off a lot of groomers? You know what? I know we're going to um, because nobody likes change. But the best example that I can give is it's the seatbelt law. Nobody wanted to wear a seatbelt. And then a few years later, when you don't wear your seatbelt, you feel naked not wearing it. <laughs> so it's the same thing. It, it's, it's, it's great change that's going to happen, but it's something that's necessary. And I don't think anyone can argue the fact and the, and the things that we're putting on the table. It's just common sense stuff. And it'll save lives. Yeah, most importantly. Exactly, exactly. Okay. We're going to head to the phones in just a couple of seconds, but first let's check in with the newsroom. Miss Brooks, our Miss Brooks, what do you got well, going on? Well, I think everybody loves a police officer who loves animals, and we have a great story about, I mean, you just when they have that magic touch and they're the officer, they go, ah, oh, you know, it's an animal call. Let's send officer so-and-so out. we got a great, <laughs> great story. You're going to love it. Quack, quack. This is Animal Radio, baby. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. When Chris Morrison took his dog Oscar to the vet, he had no idea what was wrong with his five-year-old lab. The vet suspected Oscar might have eaten something other than dog food, but when he went into his stomach, he was stunned. Vet Bob Hesketh found 13 golf balls. One of them was black from having been inside Oscar for so long. Oscar's owner explained that he and Oscar loved to take long walks on the golf course at night. He knew Oscar liked golf balls. He had no idea he was swallowing them. Oscar's now on a diet of watered-down food until his stomach heals. And although he can still go for walks on the golf course, he wears a muzzle as part of his no-golf-ball diet. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Drs. Foster & Smith Pet Pharmacy, with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick Medication, delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. Hi, I'm Lori Brooks. What American dentist Walter Palmer did using bait to lure Cecil the lion out of the African Conservation Park is as illegal in most states as it is in Zimbabwe. It's alleged that a hunting party had tied a dead animal to their vehicle in order to lure Cecil out of the park and sent it an area about a quarter of a mile away from the park. All that area. So let's look at this from our perspective in the United States. Take one state. 
Nebraska, for example, has banned the baiting of big game animals for about a decade and banned the baiting of birds for about or fowl for about 30 years. So it's got a law that's pretty standard in that hunters cannot hunt within 200 yards of any location where there is bait. And meaning bait, that's any kind of food material or mineral even that might attract a large animal. But in Texas, where most of the deer in that state live in brush, where they are hard to see. Baiting for deer in Texas is a very common practice, but in Nebraska where it's illegal, it's still only a class three misdemeanor with a fine of $125. Not much. So if you missed this story in People Magazine or on social media, be sure to check it out. Artist Mark Barone is painting the beautiful portraits of 5,500 shelter pets that were euthanized. Each portrait represents one of the 5,500 dogs lost to America's kill shelter system daily. There is a video on Mark's latest painting, which gave me the chills when I saw it on Facebook. It's on the project's website. It's called anactofdog.org, where you can find out more on how to help and see some of those pretty great portraits. A hungry skunk whose head was stuck in a yogurt container found its hero in a Rochester, Michigan police officer. Now, luckily, this incident, which was caught on videotape, has a great ending. Can you imagine knowing this, you know, being this officer and knowing that you're going to go head to head with a cranky skunk that is running around in circles? Luckily for the officer, it worked and he did not get sprayed. But apparently, this guy's pretty good with animals, too. As I did some research, there's a picture on the department's Facebook page of the same officer rescuing baby ducks from a storm drain. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Rimadil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix flea and tick preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Stella and Chewy's believes that selecting the best food is one of the most important decisions an owner can make for their pet. They believe that pets thrive when they're fed the same diet they'd get in the wild. Dogs and cats are carnivores, and meal mixers are a quick and convenient way to mix a little raw nutrition and great taste into their diet. Made from premium raw ingredients like grass-fed meat and cage-free poultry with organic fruits and vegetables. Meal mixers help kickstart your kibble. Learn more at StellaAndChewy's.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. Celebrating our connection with our pets, the toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405. And we'll head back to the phones in just a couple of seconds. But first, I want to visit with Melody Montero. She's the author of the Safe Dog Handbook. Hey, Melody, how are you doing? Hey, Hal. How are you? Very good. It's uh, not only a, a, a book, but I'm taking the online course. You have an online course. It is so cool. 
Thank you. I'm so excited about this course. It's just the latest thing I've done, and I, I'm so excited to spread it far and wide with everyone. We have a lot of pet professionals that listen to the show. So if you uh, work within the industry, you deal with animals all the time, there's some, some things you should know, like CPR, and what else should we know? Well, definitely, whether you're just a pet parent or a pet professional, you should know everything to do in a life-threatening emergency in those moments before you can reach the vet for treatment. Sure. There are certain things where you may not, you know, you have to react before you get to the vet, such as with CPR, um, choking, um, many cases of heat stroke, a car accident. So... In creating the course and, of course, with my book, um, my goal with everything I do is just to arm pet parents and pet professionals with the skills and the knowledge and the confidence they need to respond to these types of life-threatening emergencies in those critical moments before they can reach the vet. You know, I think this is awesome. I do a lot of pet sitting and dog walking, and I've tried to make it out to these courses, but whenever they have them in my area, it just hasn't been, it just hasn't worked out. So this is nice that I can take it online. Now, is there any kind of a certification or anything if I do complete the course? Yes, there's a certificate of training that you get when you complete the course. A little icon will pop up where you can download your certificate that will have your name and the date of completion. And this is one of the reasons why I was so happy to put it out there for all the pet professionals and people that might not even live in an area where there's Mm -hmm. a hands-on training course near you. So what I've done is I've basically taken all the things that I teach in my hands-on workshops and I've put them into this video-based course where there's, I use real dogs, real adorable dogs, um, and along with my mannequins, and it's all shot on video. So, and it's broken up into 36 individual lessons. So not only can you take it um, from home on your computer, you can also take the lessons just bit by bit um, individually whenever you have time to complete the whole course to get your certificate. So that's the, that's the main thing that um, I think is so great about having access to all this. And the vets are loving it, too. It's been um, veterinarian-endorsed. I, I worked with some of the top experts in the country, some of the top veterinarians on getting everything exactly right for these demonstration skills, like with the CPR and the choking. So um, I'm thrilled to have it out there. Mm. Well, I'm really excited as a veterinarian just to, to have you discussing these type of topics and making that so accessible because really those first few minutes in a lot of just basic emergencies, those minutes really count. Um, and, I, and I saw that you actually even touch upon the bloat, which is an often misunderstood situation in, in, in large breeds. Yes, the bloat lesson was one of the ones that I actually made that one available for a free preview to anyone who visits the site uh, to, to check out the course because, um, you know, it, it's amazing. I worked with um, an Akita rescue group that actually had uh, accidentally videotaped a dog um, bloating. And bloat is one of those things that if you've never seen it in person, it's, it's very hard to, to realize what's happening to the dog. And, and as we all, you know, we know that it, every moment counts and it's extremely life-threatening. You have to get to the vet immediately. So, so um, Akita Rescue made this video available to me to share in the course so students can actually watch a dog bloating. And I'll say right now, the dog made a full recovery. Oh, good. Um, they <laughs> were able to rush him to the vet. I'd never put anything up there sad. You know, it's just, it's a great learning tool. The dog, um, what happened was they were actually 
just had just rescued the dog, so they were filming him for the website, and he started exhibiting all these signs, and since he was an older blind dog, they thought maybe he was just disoriented or, uh, you know, they weren't quite sure. So they realized after a few minutes what was happening, and they rushed him to the vet. But meanwhile, they wound up with this amazing video that shows all the signs of bloat, and then the vet... Uh, narrated the video to point out all the signs as you were seeing them, and it just came together to be a beautiful lesson to help people learn all about bloat. Wow, I am so excited about taking these courses. I am uh, doing it right now, in fact, and it's su- it's, which means it's suitable for all levels. <laughs> <laughs> if how can do it, anybody can do it. Uh, there's three hours of content, and I like the fact that there's unlimited reference access, so I keep coming back for that. The course is usually 60 bucks. I have 10 to give away right now at 1-866-405-8405. Especially important if you're within the industry and uh, you deal with a lot of dogs and their lives are dependent upon you being able to give them CPR. I, I'm ashamed to say that I don't know CPR, but I will by the end of the Hal, week. I will. Yeah, by don't the, be ashamed, Hal. Just take, just, just view the lesson, of course. Melanie Montero joining us. Thank you so much. I'll put links to all of this over at AnimalRadio.com so you can sign up for the course right now. Uh, let's uh, head back to the phones for your calls. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five for Doctor Debbie or Joey Villani. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Pet Playgrounds. They make the safest and most reliable real dog fencing system in the world. A Pet Playgrounds fence is a real physical fence. But you know what? It's almost invisible. It's the most effective and affordable way to protect your dog. Listen closely. For Animal Radio listeners only, use the code ANIMALRADIO at checkout and save 10%. This isn't just for dogs. If you have a cat, too, I encourage you to visit the website, PetPlaygrounds.com. And thanks, guys, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. This is Greg Biffle on Animal Radio. And remember to spade and neuter your pets. Radio. Don't forget you can ask your questions from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download, thanks to those folks over at Doctors Fosters and Smith. Also, you can get the latest news, like the latest recalls, all kinds of stuff from that app. It's a cool app, and it's free, so download it now. Uh, but you can also ask your questions by calling one 405 Let's head on back to the phones. We have Alan on the phones. Hey, Alan, how are you doing? Doing good. What's going on in your world? My dog Daisy, my girlfriend's dog Daisy, and my dog Daisy. They have, she has a like a personal thing, like a keyword. If you know what I'm meaning. Oh, okay. Yeah, she has her monthly cycle or her her twice a year cycle, I should say. Yeah, Is it only twice a year. Really? Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, don't they get off easy, man? I don't know how that goes, Judy. <laughs> yeah, that's not fair. So your dog is um, having her heat cycle. Um, yeah. And, and and what about that? What are you? What's I was your question? What, is that a good thing or a bad thing? 
Well, I mean, it's na- it's nature, um, and this is exactly what is meant to happen um, as far as in preparation for pregnancy. Now, for dogs, if she's a pet um, and you're not intending to breed her, um, the best thing that I actually recommend is to get her spayed, to have the surgical sterilization done so that not only so she doesn't have heat cycles, because it's more than just the bother, although you know I think many women <laughs> would, would agree that the, the surgery would be well worth it. Um, but as far as by having her spayed, we're also protecting her against a lot of other reproductive diseases. And one of the biggest ones is a condition called pyometra. And it's an infection that happens in the uterus, in, in the reproductive structures. And it's very serious. Um, it can be totally pre be prevented by spaying. So it would be a very good measure for your dog to prevent that type of thing, as well as all those cancers that can happen um, in a, an intact female dog. Um, and, and that can be done, you know, surgery can be done while she's in heat. Some folks opt to wait till they're out of their cycle um, just to minimize complications. But either which way, I think that will be the, the best way we can ensure you don't have to deal with this and that we can keep her in top health. Uh-huh. So, time to get her spayed, okay? Okay. Okay, there you go. Thanks, Alan, for your call. one 405 toll-free to the Animal Radio Dream Team. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one 405 8405 We have uh, one phone line open, it looks like, at 1-866-405-8405 for your calls about your pets, for Dr. Debbie or for Joey Villani. Hopefully you have your Wacky Wednesday pictures ready to be uploaded to our Facebook page this Wednesday. And uh, the one with the most likes and the most shares picks up awesome prizes from uh, one of our sponsors. And this week we have... From Omega Paw, we have Brew Buddies Brew... Choose brew, what was that? Brew buddies, brew choose, and brew buddies, brew sticks. You should have seen her in the hallway just before this break. Brew buddies, brew choose are beer bottle shaped treats made with malted barley, huh? just like in your beer. Yes, they're beer bottle shaped treats. And then the brew buddies, brew sticks—they're just soft and chewy sticks. They're also made with malted barley. But not only are they yummy and they're fun because they're shaped like bottles. They help clean. They help clean your dog's teeth too. This so can't be safe. good. And well, there's no alcohol. There's involved. no alcohol. They're not getting drunk. No. So if you're going <laughs> to grab a beer, don't give it to your dog. Give them a brew buddy, brew chew, a little bottle shaped dog treat that will help clean their teeth as well. I'm intrigued, engaged, <laughs> a little scared at the same time. Say that fast three times. Brew buddies, brew chews. That's hard. Brew buddies, brew chews. Yeah, it was. <laughs> you don't I have give to you say- credit on that one, Judy. That is. <laughs> yeah talent you don't have to say that three times fast to win that all you have to do is upload your wacky pictures well it could be you saying that could be a wacky picture that would be funny your wacky pictures with your pets i must say not just you know (laughs) you taking a selfie or anything like that we we want your pets in the pictures too and that happens over at our facebook page every wednesday that's why we call it wacky wednesday how cliche welcome to the show tony hi what's going on Uh i'm calling because my daughter had originally two dachshunds and then uh, she had a litter of five, then went on to have, and she kept them. Then she went and had another litter of five. So she had a total of 12, only gave one away because she doesn't have the heart. She 
give any of them away. Oh, why? She, she doesn't know. have the heart to give them away? Okay. No, she loves them dearly, and uh, I don't know. She said that um, she, when she was younger, I had given away her dog, and she was very heartbroken, so she quit. Mm. So let me get this straight. That. Your daughter has 11 dogs? Yes. Whew. Oh, my goodness. So the first thing I would say is the benefits of spaying and neutering here. I cannot stress enough that we need to intervene and and to get some help for for her household because there is no reason to have repeated breedings um, just for the experience or because she loves dogs. Um, You know, we have to make sure we have reason. She didn't want that to happen. Well, it's going to happen. Dogs do that. <laughs> they will reproduce when given the option and the opportunity. It is our job as their human caretakers to make sure that doesn't happen. So we need to take those steps. So whether you have to walk her in to a veterinary office and help get her that help that she needs in making that connection and to make that determination. Um, you know, Now, some people might be able to keep 11 dogs and to care for them appropriately, but my general feeling is that that is too many dogs for one household, um, unless you have support. Now, Octomom and, you know, all those people who have multiple births can attest that you need help to take care of that many beings, whether they're human or animal. So that would be yeah. my concern. So, um, yeah, yeah, we need she to. Does, uh, have some, you know, she can't, she has people come in, but, uh, I'm still totally against it and I, I can't seem to, you know, talk her into giving any away. Uh, in the meantime, not to mention the cost, and, um, you know, I tell her it's selfish because there isn't any way that you could give enough attention to all those dogs either, besides, exactly. you know, amongst many other things. But um, would you say, well, the males should be all neutered or... Absolutely. That is probably the easiest place to start, is to get those boys taken care of. Now... Other than the, the females, right. Well, I mean, that's usually an easier fix, if you will, uh, for many households. So that would be one thing to do. Now, the thing that I think we need to really talk about is that you've mentioned that, you know, these dogs may not be getting the care that they need. Now, dogs are social creatures, and they really do thrive on interactions with people. And it is pretty difficult, if not impossible, for one person to provide that level of closeness and that social bonding that a dog needs to be really you know, happy and to thrive in their environment. So that would be one big selling point that I would say for her. But I will be honest with you. I think we need to get some help for your daughter in the human health care field um, because this has tones to me of a possible hoarding situation. And the situation in that veterinary and human health care person to help her out and to see. Because as if I were face-to-face with her, you know, we could say, okay, why isn't your dog spayed or neutered? Let's go through this. What are the risks? What are the risks of having 11 dogs in the house, not alone fights, infectious disease, parasite control, all of these things, social um, situations just due to overcrowding, all of these things play a role. Whether we want to look at them and recognize them right. or not, they will be there. Right. Uh, parasites is something I also read that, you know, uh, the owners, the humans, can, uh, you know, contract them from their pets as well. Absolutely. I mean, I don't yeah. know how prevalent that is with your take on that. 
Yeah, absolutely. It is is totally possible. So, and that's why there's communities that have animal ordinances. There are regulations. So you don't have 25, 40 dogs because it's hard to meet their needs and it can be a human health care risk. So, yeah, I mean, I think... um, we really need to not worry about hurting her feelings. We really need to worry about getting those pets out of there and then hopefully getting the help that she needs to recognize this behavior and, uh, you know, hopefully turn that around there. Good luck with that. We appreciate your call today and, and wish okay. you all the best of luck. It's a tough situation you have to deal with there, but I know, we, I know you're going to do really, the right thing. Yeah, I really thank you for your help, and I'm going to, you know, try to resolve this, hopefully. Thanks. Let us know okay, how it goes. Okay. Everyone knows a dog that steals food and or toys or shoes, right? Oh, yes. Okay, here's the trick. Just that. That's the pet corrector from the Company of Animals. It produces a gentle hiss. Distracting your dog and enabling you to bring focus back to you where you can reward them for not stealing the toys or shoes. Find out more and order yours today. Companyofanimals.us Ladybug looked up at the radio just now. (laughs) She's like, I'm not doing anything wrong. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Bob Barker on Animal Radio, reminding you to help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. This hour, we're going to visit with Elaine Hendricks from Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll on FX. Great new show with uh, Dennis Leary. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, you might want to set the DVR to tape Thursday nights, 10 p.m. And uh, before that, we're going to continue to take your calls for Dr. Debbie. And for Joey Villani at one 405 8405 Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Well, you know, there's crime in every area. And talking about pets, there's a scam going around that um, might happen to you over the phone. So we'll tell you who you can hang up on coming up. Oh, I heard about this. Listen up. Lori will have some important information for you in just a few minutes. Welcome to the show, Linda. Hello. Where are you calling from? Hi, um, I'm calling from Torrance, uh, La- California. Los Angeles area. What's going yes, on? I have Dr. Debbie right here. Uh, yes, um, I have a 13-year-old chihuahua named Daisy, and she is beginning to have gum problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I had non-anesthetic cleaning done for her in the last two years as she's getting oh. older, uh, oh. being concerned, you know, about putting her under anesthetic. And but her gums, uh, she's had extractions previously too when she was younger because her teeth uh, had problems. But now um, her breath is getting really strong. Okay, just calm down, doctor. Just calm down. She, she's all red right now. As oh. soon as you said, as soon as you said. And I, I wanted to know, you know, what is a home remedy that is good to really maintain her gums? Uh, she has a little bit of bleeding. If I clean it regularly. Um, I used a little bit of peroxide and water, but um, someone told me about the salt water rinse with some baking soda. Okay. I'm, I'm going to have to back up because, hell yeah, he saw me kind of popping my top over here. Um, as far as with... <laughs> 
non-anesthetic dental cleanings. All yes. I can say is this is one of the biggest biggest hoaxes that people think they're doing some good for their pets, and uh-huh. they are not. Um, if a non-anesthetic dental cleaning is done, basically uh-huh. you get a better feel that, wow, uh-huh. I've done something for my dog because there's yes. tartar that's chipped off the teeth. Yes. But the reality is that does nothing for the true dental disease, which lies under the gum line, which is where periodontal disease really brews. Oh. So if you, when you talk about odor and you talk about yes. bleeding gums, those are hallmark signs of mm. periodontal disease. So mm-hmm. I, I never recommend people to do awake dental cleanings. In really? many cases Yeah, in many cases if these are done at grooming parlors or yes. pet events, they're done by non licensed personnel. So it's kind of the equivalent of uh, going to your hairdresser and asking her to do an eye lift for you or doing oh, Botox. Uh-huh, so it, uh-huh. and truly in my eyes this is um jeopardizing the safety of a lot of pets. Um um, because you are missing out on those opportunities to really intervene and do some good to try to turn around that dental uh, mm-hmm. status there. Mm-hmm. So, but, but what are your I, thoughts on an older pet being under anesthetic? You know, it really depends on the individual. I, um, I'm i a very cautious uh, practitioner, I can tell you that. But mm-hmm. when I have an older pet and we have advanced dental disease, I look at the pet as a whole. So I look yes. to see are there other un- ongoing problems, other health problems going on that might pose an extra risk. But if we mm-hmm. just have an old dog with bad teeth, mm-hmm. that is um, not a reason why I will not do a dental cleaning. And I've done dental cleanings, extractions on pets that have horrendous mouths because people are afraid to address that when we have an older pet. Really? Okay. That fear alone is just jeopardizing your pet's safety because we're Mm -hmm. ignoring that bacterial film, all those negative products that are through the blood system affecting other organs. And it's swallowing it. Oh, like she's swallowing all the bacteria every day. Swallowing, but it goes through the blood system. And we know dogs with dental disease can also have heart uh, heart murmurs, heart disease, because that bacteria travels to the heart, can cause kidney problems, liver problems, all sorts of things. I could go on and on. But kind of going back to your your question, um, you know, if I had your pet here and I was examining them, um, if all we found was dental disease and an old baby, um, yeah. I would consider it, um, especially if we've got a lot going on in that mouth. And there are many dogs that once we address a really nasty, rotten mouth, mm-hmm. deal with that, extract the rotten teeth, get them on antibiotics, get things healed up, and many times they'll feel better. You'll notice they have more pep in their step, and then we have an overall healthier pet. Mm-hmm. So um, there mm-hmm. is some value to that. Now, okay. some of the things you asked about what you can do at home, yes, like um, the, home number, the number one thing that pet mm-hmm. owners can do to maintain your pet's health mm-hmm. is brush their teeth. Okay. Um, okay. That is the best thing because that exercises the gums, and it also helps to dislodge the bacteria and the plaque okay. products at the gum line. Now, if you got a lot of gunk in there already and there's bleeding gums, oh my God, don't do that because that's really? already an ouchy, ouchy, oh. painful condition, and we need to intervene. Um, then, once those teeth get cleaned, you can get on a real good regimen at home. And I, I usually don't recommend things like salt, uh, salt water. You know, it's just uh, it can cause vomiting when they ingest enough of it. There's so many other better products that we can use that are safe for pets Mm -hmm. because anything you put in their mouth, they're going to swallow. So even like peroxide can cause nausea, vomiting. It can burn if they have Mm -hmm. abraded gums. So, um, but there are some good... What are some products that I can use in in the interim until I I guess... um 
until you can Make get that decision a decision to take her in. <laughs> sure. Um, you might check with your veterinarian um, mm-hmm. in what they carry, but there's some great products. They have chlorhexidine, which is a type of an antiseptic that is safe for use on the okay. on the gums. Okay. MaxiGuard, CHX Rinse. There's oodles of them out there. Those can be available usually in sprays or gels. Okay. Okay. Sometimes you can just apply them um, even with a toothbrush to the area. Um, but those would be things that you can do to kind of help control a little bit of that surface bacteria. Yeah. Maybe do a little bit just to kind of help control things. Until and, I do. Uh, yeah, she does have one bat tooth um, on the bottom that uh, is the because I've examined her teeth and there's one tooth that probably needs to be extracted. I think that's where mm-hmm. it, the bleeding is not massive right now. Um, it was worse a few weeks ago, but I, I see traces of pink when I use a cotton ball. So that tooth. Okay. Yeah, it's a bad yeah. one. And and you know this, I I, I obviously can't see everything because I can't see your doggy's yeah. mouth. But yeah. you know, if, if she's in good health and you sound like you're very motivated to things, how you can intervene? And you yes. know, I think with yes. getting things potentially cleaned up, you, you can really do some good work in trying to maintain that mouth. And you know, I'll tell you, I and think give her more oldest... years. Yeah, she in general, she has a good appetite. Um, activity is moderate, being that she is thirteen. Uh, uh-huh. But it's it's just that yeah she does uh, tend to sleep a lot more now <laughs> definitely yeah uh-huh. well give your baby a pat on the head uh, and, and all yeah. my best dental wishes okay. to you I can tell you the oldest dog that I did a dental cleaning on was yeah. 19 years old oh and, okay well that gives uh, a little more reassurance uh, yeah and I, I didn't want to do that dental cleaning that it's really a, like a, a, a whatever a fallacy that it, it's going to help her. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So thank okay. you so much for your call, and uh, give your little Daisy a good pat. <laughs> Take care. one 405 And we go to Joanne. Hey, Joanne, how are you doing? Oh, hey, I'm doing fine. Sorry to keep you on hold for so long. Phones are burning white hot over here, but you're up. What's going on? Well, you know, we've got a great uh, cat, and we're trying to uh, train her uh, on a leash, and we're wondering if we have any tips that you can share with us. Okay, sure. Well, i got to commend you. That's uh, For some kitties, that's a big undertaking. For others, especially those that are really food motivated, you know, it's not all that difficult. Um, so tell me about your kitty. Uh, is there a particular breed she is? Um, how does she normally respond if you ask her to do things for you or you try to uh, make her do something? She already comes. She only gets treats. I've, I've had cats before and I've always had them come by rattling a, a can with treats in it, and that's, she only gets her treat you know, if she comes to the can. She's, she's food motivated, I suppose. <laughs> she's a long-haired, all black. Never had a, a pretty cat like that. Um, and she loves to go outside, and she's an outside-inside cat. She's timid. Okay. Um, she's a scaredy cat. Scaredy cat in what way? Noises. You know, she's afraid of the cars and the trucks. She's afraid okay. of dogs you know she'll she'll hide and hunker and run in okay. that type because all of those all of those things that you're saying joanne are going to kind of play into whether or not she's going to be a good candidate to do this and if we're going to expect her to really take to it and enjoy it now for a kitty that's fearful of sounds cars 
dogs, uh, you know, I'll have to say for leash training for outside, that may not be the most enjoyable experience for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you really have to kind of look at what she wants to do. And if she doesn't want to do it, it's going to be harder to convince her to do that. So if it's something like walking around the backyard, if you've got a nice long property, something like that, this might be a reasonable thing to try to see how she does without all those distractions and all those other things that can kind of freak her out. Um, but yes, you can definitely work towards training her. The first step with Kitty if you do want to leash train them, is to really get them accustomed to the the fit of a harness. And um, that's the most important thing. You can use a collar. um, However, for cats, since they can sneak out, get frightened, and slip the collar, um, I really think the only way you should do this is to do it with a body harness. Um, So you want to make sure you get her well fit. So if if you're not comfortable with that, see someone at a pet store just to kind of help you with that so that she can't get her little arm out or slide out. Um, I I got I did buy her harness, which I'm on Kodiak Island, and we really don't have a pet store. But, you know, the leash is more like a toy. She'll want to go after it because she likes to go after the... That's okay. That's okay. We can use that to our advantage. And, and that's one way that you can um, have her on the harness and using, you know, preferably, I didn't even get into that as far as we want to use a light leash just so it doesn't, cats don't really dig that heavy sensation of that leash. So we want to go with a really tr- light training leash. But you can use that. Use that as a, a way to get her um, interested in moving forward. And um, if she wants to chase the leash, just make it a nice long one and uh, tease her with a little bit, make her play with it or, you know, get a little feather toy, something like that to get her interested in moving forward. And that can of uh, treats, hey, that's a great thing to bring that along as well, too. Um, so, um, you know, even to get her to go a few feet is really, um, that's all we're asking. Uh, first, we want her to tolerate the leash um, and the harness, and then we want to just ask her to take a few steps. And you just work up with time um, and um, positive reinforcement with those treats. And, uh, you know, of course, I don't want to see your kitty get chubby, but um, but there, there is definitely a way. And, and uh, you know, whether or not in those other situations where she'll really take to this, um, you know, try to control the, her environment and do that in a safe, quiet place so that she'll feel more comfy with uh, with that experience. Okay, I think it's, I, I'm going to try it. I think I have patience with her. I, yeah. Well, that's a great way to get your kitty out and moving and, and, and you know, get them some exercise. So um, I think, Joanne, that your call is probably going to inspire a lot of other people to consider that, um, take their cat along with them traveling and in the car. It's, it's a great way to make them a safe traveler. So... Keep up at it and let us know how that comes along. We will be anxiously waiting to hear how things are going there up in Alaska. Judy, uh, she, she walks her cats all the time. I do. And she my, does. My cat travels in the RV and just I open the door of the RV and he walks from the house out on the sidewalk and walks right into the RV and gets up on the dash and he's <laughs> ready to go. It's the weirdest thing to see, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> Well, this Healthy Helping of Animal Radio is brought to you by Stella and Chewies. You know, pets thrive when they're fed on the same food they'd get in the wild. And meal mixers are an easy and convenient way to add raw, nutrient-rich meat, wholesome fruits and vegetables, probiotics, and antioxidants to any diet. Learn more over at StellaAndChewies.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. 
Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, canine caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com. How strong is Allegra D? It's jumping in a pile of leaves with my kids. Strong. (laughs) Allegra D, a fast, non-drowsy antihistamine plus a powerful decongestant that starts relieving your toughest allergy symptoms in one hour. Yep, I am going to take that hayride strong. It's breathing free for 24 hours, even after a day of apple picking strong. Allegra D, strong relief for your allergy symptoms, guaranteed or your money back. Visit Allegra.com. Use only as directed. This is Shaquille O'Neal. And the Shaquettes. Reminding you that anytime. Anytime. Is a good time. Good time. For the cooling, drying, fresh scent of Gold Bond powder spray. Like after the gym. Or a crowded elevator ride. Or golf. Or working with farm animals. Or a hard day's work. Like sports casting. You said it, ladies. Stay cool with Gold Bond powder spray. Stay cool. <laughs> like the taste of fresh apples? Try an Angry Orchard hard cider. At Angry Orchard, we believe in tradition. That's why we use apples from a hundred-year-old orchard. It takes two apples to make each bottle of Angry Orchard. So raise a glass to a time when apples were best served in a pint glass. Angry Orchard, when you're looking for something a little different. Crisp, refreshing, and not too sweet. Just like me. Angry Orchard hard cider. Angry Orchard Cider Company, Cincinnati, Ohio. Drink responsibly. Hi, I'm Charlotte Ross on Animal Radio. Please remember to spay and neuter your pets. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. It's Animal Radio. Celebrating our connection with your pets, the toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405. Would love to hear from you for Dr. Debbie or for dog father Joey Volani. And we'll head back to those phones in just a couple of seconds here. An article out of The uh, the Guardian about North, North Korea and their pet ownership. Mm-hmm. You know, we are so blessed in this country to have uh, really freedom, I guess, I should say, after reading this article, in Pyongyang, Pyongyang <laughs> North Korea. Most common pets are monkeys and dogs. Wow. And few, well, few outside the capital can afford to have animals because they take a lot of money and a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. Although some people keep dog for their meat or to guard their house. Sad to say. Uh, but if you use electricity without the government's permission in North Korea, you're subject to a big fine. It's uh, illegal to use a microwave or a rice cooker because they consume too much power. So people use these devices in secret, and to catch them, public servants stop by the houses and randomly do checks to see if people are using microwave ovens or rice cookers. And uh, one day an officer stopped by to inspect a house they were keeping a monkey at. Mm -hmm. Uh, The monkey's fine. They could have the monkey, but they couldn't have the microwave. So the family scrambled to hide the microwave before opening the door, and uh, the officer came in. He was kind of suspicious. He demanded that they come out, come clean and admit they had used a microwave oven. <laughs> uh, just then, their pet monkey, who had been observing this whole situation, grabbed the microwave from its hiding place and pulled it down in front of them all. 
The monkey <laughs> turned him in. The monkey, turncoat monkey, that is. Oh. Yes. So North Koreans are changing to uh, piglets, dogs and piglets. <laughs> no pets. more monkeys, huh? <laughs> yes. Interesting story. Uh, I'm sure it'd be a pretty big monkey. Yeah. Well, they could have been a little microwave. That's a chimp. Yes. Jeez. Yeah. Now, I'm sure that story pales in comparison to what you're working on over there at the newsroom, Miss Lori Brooks. Where did you get well. that story from? <laughs> the Guardian. Check it out. I'll hear it. He said The Guardian. Big clue. Yes. <laughs> Such a credible source, Hal. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I've been looking at this story. This is one of my favorite stories of the week. If you're involved in animal rescue or, you know, you, you have a favorite animal rescue or you work at a shelter or something, this is such a cool idea that we're going to tell you the story about, and then you can turn around and share it with your favorite fundraising animal people, okay? Because mm, it's like a good one. Okay. Yeah, it's a good one. That on the way in just a few minutes, and I understand Elaine Hendricks, we're still waiting to see if she'll call from uh, Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. We, she just texted you? Yeah. She just texted you? Yes, okay. she did. Elaine Hendricks just texted you? Yes, she did. And what did she say? She said she'll be ready in about five minutes. Okay, so we're, we're going to be speaking to her before the show is done today right here on Animal Radio. Stick around. Hey, BJ. Hello. How you doing? Well, I just got unloaded, and now i got to go get an oil change. But i got a question about my dog. Good, because I can't help you with the oil changes. I grew up in a garage family, but I know nothing about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it takes 12 gallons. It costs a lot of money. I know that. Uh, <laughs> 12 gallons of oil? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know those trucks took that much. Yeah, 12 gallons. So what's going on with a your animal? Cow. What's going on with your pet? Okay. I had Fuzzball out walking the other day, and he would smell on the ground and smell on the ground, and he'd hit like one spot and just stand there, smelling. And I got to wondering, I can drop something in front of him, and he just kind of looks off like da-da-da, there it is. I drop it in front of my wolf's nose, gone. Does he have the same, I know that they're supposed to have a certain amount of Oral factories in their noses, so they got smellers. Uh huh. But on, but on a black just smelling dog like this, I have a Boston terror rat. Okay. <laughs> he don't have a nose. Does he have as many smeller spots in his nose as that nine-inch nose on that wolf? Yeah, that's a great question. We do know that there's differences in the number of olfactory receptors in different breeds of dogs. Now, I probably would say, I can't tell you exactly the numbers, but we knew that what some of these different breeds were bred for and what they really developed for down the road, certain breeds, they may have longer snouts. They may have more surface area, and that may mean those are the dogs that perhaps are best for tracking, uh, for scenting. You know, when you look at a bloodhound um, or a German shepherd, you know, these dogs have very large, long noses with more surface area. So, you I probably have to look up some weird uh, factoids about how many receptors, but I would say it's fair to assume that they have more than some of the small breed dogs with the short little faces, the brachycephalics as we call them, um, because they just 
developmentally didn't have the need for that. They have the big bulgy eyes, the big gorgeous face, and you know that's kind of why they were bred to be close to a lot of the humans. Now we do know that cats have a much poorer sense of smell compared to dogs, and I can tell you that they have uh, the receptors. I believe are in somewhere around the twenties, whereas um, some of the dogs it's up to like 170 uh, centimeters squared. So my answer is a little vague. It is, but I would say yes. I believe your boy, your little fuzzball, probably doesn't have the same sense of smell. Good question, BJ. We thank you for your call today. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Right now to talk to anyone in the Dream Team. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Pet Playgrounds. They are the makers of the safest and most reliable real dog fencing system in the world. Have you checked it out yet? It can be installed by anyone, even me, on any terrain, even over rocks, tree roots, and uneven land. If you're thinking about a fence or even a cattery for both your cats and your dogs, this will cost less than traditional fences. Listen closely. Use the code ANIMALRADIO at checkout. Animal Radio, and you'll save 10%. Here's their website, PetPlaygrounds.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update. Brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick Medication delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. I'm Lori Brooks. It can seem like, you know, wild animals are everywhere these days. Deer, foxes, bear, raccoons, squirrels. Wildlife management experts say increased sighting of forest animals in urban places continues to skyrocket. They say that building a house on an empty quarter-acre lot doesn't just disturb the animals that live on that quarter-acre. It starts a big chain reaction and causes the loss of another two and a half acres due to all of the road construction and schools that have to be put in and stuff like that. So they say protecting animal habitat and including more swaths of nature throughout our environment, well, isn't just good for wildlife, but you know, studies have shown that it improves the quality of life for we humans, too. Pets, FBI Ohio and its 50 volunteers, which reunite lost pets with their owners, are having a little trouble solving a case where a scammer is taking advantage of worried pet parents. So be warned that some individual is calling people who have lost a pet and claims he's with Pet FBI Ohio and ask for a fee to find the missing pet. Apparently, they do not ask for fees, and this never happens. So like any phone call where someone asks for money, Further investigation on your part is needed with that, okay? Authorities say if you get a phone call from an out-of-state area code and someone on the line claims to be Pet FBI Ohio, just hang up the phone because it is a hoax and it's happening all over the country. Well, here's a super inspiring story of a company in St. Petersburg, Florida, where a local electrical contracting company called Power Design was looking for a fun way to get its employees involved with the community. So you know how the HR department and promotions and marketing all gets together. And they decided that they would do this. They would make a $500 donation to their local animal shelter. In return, the animal shelter brought out 18 puppies and kittens to the company's offices. 15 of those furry visitors found a new home that day. And the local Humane Society there in Tampa has now found a new promotion and marketing tool. 
I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Remedil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix flea and tick preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. How strong is Allegra D? It's jumping in a pile of leaves with my kids. Strong. Allegra D, a fast, non-drowsy antihistamine plus a powerful decongestant that starts relieving your toughest allergy symptoms in one hour. Yep, I am going to take that hayride strong. It's breathing free for 24 hours, even after a day of apple picking strong. Allegra D, strong relief for your allergy symptoms, guaranteed or your money back. Visit Allegra.com. Use only as directed. Hey everybody, this is Kenny Lee Lewis from the Steve Miller Band. Just want to tell everybody out there on Animal Radio, thanks for loving your pets. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Animal Radio, celebrating our connection with our pets toll-free, 1-866-405-8405, and we'll head back to the phones in just a couple of seconds, but first we're going to visit with Elaine Hendricks joining us. Uh, did we catch you on the set there? Um, uh, sort of. I'm buzzing around Hollywood. i got to just say, I want to tell you, I love the new series, Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll, and I caught you last Thursday, and I said, you know what? It's been like a couple of years since you've been on. Let's find out what you're doing lately. How are things going? Well, things are busier than ever, and I love it. You know, my day job as an actress, um, things are going like gangbusters. And my nighttime superhero job as an animal rescuer, uh, that's never-ending, unfortunately. So, um Life is busy, but life is good. I remember the last time we talked to you, we talked about the pet matchmaker. Are you still yes. still doing that? Oh, yes, yes, yes. We have thepetmatchmaker.com. Things happening. We launched uh, a podcast this year, and we're getting ready to launch an app. Uh, behind the scenes, the site is giving a whole makeover um, that we're getting ready to launch. So when we first started about three years ago, we launched, and we had like, I don't know, maybe 25 visitors a month, and now we have over 15,000. Whoa. So, mm. yeah, so we're gro- we're growing slowly but surely. It's, it's a little challenging when my life, I can't devote as much time to it as I would love, but every spare second I have goes towards the animals. So, you know, it, it's a lifelong commitment. Well, now tell us, uh, what animals do you have at home? Do you still have uh, Rossmore? I do. Rossmore is still around. He's an old guy now, diabetic and blind, but sweet as ever. Um, and then I have I have a new dog through my relationship. I have Bixby, 
And then I have my girl who I rescued about three years ago. I rescued her, the whole litter, and, and her mom. I had her since she was like four days old, and she is my soulmate. That's Ellie. And, um, and then I have two cats. Kimbo and Goody, right? Kimbo and Goody, yes. Goody Cornbread. <laughs> do they all sleep in bed? Do they, do they hog the bed like uh, my cats do? Oh, my God. We'll be laying there. And Kim, Kimbo especially. Goody, um, Goody likes to, like, kind of hang around you, but Kimbo likes to hang on you. And so he will sleep perpendicular in bed. And it's like, no, you play parallel with the rest of us. You can't, like, have the whole half of the bed. That's not going to work. Well, the question should be, do our pets let us sleep, sleep in with bed with them? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, like, in the middle of the night, you know, I realized, like, I'll accidentally pick him, and I'll be like, oh, I'll wake up and go, oh, sorry. And he just kind of looks at me like, oh. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. yeah, I'm not moving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Are you allowed to take any of the animals down to the set? Ellie travels with me pretty much wherever I go. If I'm somewhere longer than usually about seven to if I'm going to be in one location, I will take her with me. And while we were filming Sex and Drugs and Roll, we stopped in New York. So she came with me, and uh, Dennis Leary, who stars in it, created it, uh, produces it. Uh, I sent him a picture just to say, hey, you know, we've arrived in the city. Can't wait to see you. And he wrote me back, and he's like, that dog better be coming to set. And so Ellie came, and she was her unofficial official mascot. <laughs> well, I remember, isn't Dennis's uh, wife a big animal advocate also? We- they both are. They, they're not necessarily advocates, but they have a like um, a, a farmhouse in Connecticut. So they have horses and ponies and dogs. But you guys do a lot of great work, Elaine, for so many dogs especially. Oh, well, thank you. Um, yeah, we... Sure, we touch on all animals, but in our research, we've learned, especially online, the number one researched animal is dogs, and then second to that is cats. But we do feature all animals. We've got turtles in there, and horses, and rabbits, and chickens, and again, like we've got kind of something for everyone without watering it down. And um, we're also um, in the midst of forming a new rescue team. So take all of our um, good work and, and put it into action out in the world. So I'm very excited about that. Well, check out Super Actress and Superhero Thursday nights, FX, 10 p.m., Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. And check out the website, thepetmatchmaker.com. We'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.com. Thanks so much for spending time with us today. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at animalradio.com. Log on, learn more. This is Animal Radio. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Oh, what a beautiful ring. Is it a diamond? A sapphire? A cat? While most owners go for the traditional grave in the backyard or a cremation urn, some owners are having their pets made into jewelry. Paperweights, crystals, and jewelry have all been created by Life Gem, a company which can turn a doggy into a diamond for about $2,000 to $25,000. Other owners opt to keep their pet's ashes in a thumb-sized urn so they can take it with them wherever they go. You can even get a huggable plush toy filled with your pet's ashes. 
It's all just a way of showing that dog is man's best friend, or maybe diamonds are a girl's best friend, or or maybe a little of both. I'm Brit Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Hi, this is Doug Gray of the Marshall Tucker Band, and forever you'll always be listening to Animal Radio. Keep loving those pets. It gives me great honor to present to you, ladies and gentlemen, the dog father, Joey Volani, with a very serious look on his face today. How you doing? I'm doing good, um, but I want to talk about what's going on in the grooming industry, and I know I've been discussing it a little bit um, over the past couple of weeks, but um, um, I've been involved with a um, bunch of other people in the grooming industry, including PetSmart, Pet Cody, AKC, um, to help put together rules and regulations that would govern the grooming industry so you could bring your pet and, and, and your pet could be safe and you wouldn't have to worry about it. But in the meantime, my suggestion is to all the pet owners out there is you have to, because this isn't something that's going to happen overnight. This is something that's in the works, and it could take years before it comes to your state. But you want to be proactive about it now. You want to be able to go into your salon and you want to ask questions. Don't just drop your dog off. Know where the dog is being housed. Ask them about the equipment they use. How do you dry my dog? Um, I mean, do you disinfect between, um, between pets? What do you use? Ask questions. Um, and if it's something that doesn't sit right with you, and maybe, you know, you know, sometimes people say, well, I feel stupid asking that question. When it comes to your pet, there's no stupid questions. And when it comes to an unregulated industry, you know what? The questions need to be asked. Sure. So ask the question, no matter how ridiculous you may feel to ask it or how it sounds. You know what? Listen to what the groomer says. And hopefully they have a very constructive answer for you or, you know, something that makes you know they're doing the best that they can. I'll give you a good example. Okay. A lot of groomers use bleach to clean out their kennels, okay? But the bad thing about it is as soon as they wipe it out, they put the pet right in. If you put your head inside of a kennel that was just bleached and tried to breathe, it's very difficult. Now, I'm not saying that's going to cause um, long-term problems, cause death, but it's uncomfortable. Okay, so you want to know what's the method. After the bleach, do you go in, do you wipe it down, do you let it dry? So go in, talk to them, see where they house them. See if, if they walk your dog. Say, does, do, you, do you take my dog out? See what they use. If they just use a regulation collar, that's not acceptable. You need to be harnessed or you need to have a slip noose on it so they can't slip out. And where do you walk my pet? I mean, that's another thing. Um, dogs carry parvo. If you're walking in, in the general public, well, I don't know what my dog is sniffing around. And if you don't, you know, if you're one of these people like me, my dogs don't leave the backyard. And when I walk them, you know, we don't let them just go anywhere. And if you are that person, make sure they're doing the same thing. Oh, wise words from Joey Volani, keeping groomers all across America in line. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Don't forget to check out Dr. Debbie's books, Yorkshire Terriers, Shih Tzus, Pugs, Mini Schnauzers, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. They're available over at Amazon as a Kindle book, and I have links over at AnimalRadio.com, too. 
Okay, so before we get out of here, it's been weighing heavily on me. What's what's going on with you, Dr. Debbie? Well, you know, I, I like to share the good stories, um, but I don't have any this week. This week I'm really bombed. I, I had to euthanize um, a Shih Tzu um, because of aggression. Really? Yeah. Because of aggression? Yeah, it was very sad, yeah. And we had been battling this for most of his life, and um, all of the efforts, um, all the different therapies were not working, and uh, the family finally had to make a very difficult decision. And, and I just thought, you know, as sad as this is, you know, this is an opportunity for us to talk about this, um, in that a lot of times aggression is triggered by fear, um, and anxiety dogs have an unfamiliar situation. So... You know, if you're getting a dog, adult, puppy, maybe, it's so important to take advantage of really their sensitive periods, what we kind of call their social periods. Um, and that falls anywhere between 4 and 14 weeks. And it's an opportunity to really expose them to all sorts of things in a positive manner to set up confidence. Um, so you want to expose them to other people, dogs, situations, noisy things, um, you know, anything that could, the pet could encounter in their lifetime and make that a positive controlled experience. And then that goes so far in making them more adaptable and uh, just social, um, critters throughout their whole lifetime. So, you know, you can't take away what hasn't happened. So, you know, if you're listening now and you have especially a young dog, this is a great time during those first few months of their life to really put those efforts out to, uh, you know, mold them. It could make all the difference in the world. It really could. The number one reason pets are turned into the shelter are due to behavioral problems. What yeah. what a good factoid, though. Four to 14 weeks? Four to 14 weeks, yeah. And, you know, it's really um, increasing. There's, the change is now that um, veterinarians and profet, pet professionals, actually, the research is that it's better to get dogs, puppies, into puppy socialization classes as early as eight weeks. We used to say, oh, wait till you get all your puppy shots done. And it's, it's just, if it's in a controlled indoor environment, Environment that can be disinfected, it's actually very minimal chance of infectious disease. And the benefits of becoming a well-socialized, trainable dog far outweigh that risk of infectious disease. So, mm. um, and, and I did that with Nikki. She was in at uh, 10, 11, 12 weeks of uh, you know, social classes. Well, that is good information to know. Hi, Jenny. Hi. How are you? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. I hope you are. Splendid. Now that I have you on the phone, where are you today? Well, right now I'm in South Georgia. South Georgia, okay. I have Dr. Debbie right here, and hopefully she can help you. Well, hi there. We're on our way to pick up a rescue Boykin Spaniel. We are going to adopt her. Yes. Kind of an unusual breed there. Well, my husband's had one before because he's from South Carolina. Oh, well, that makes sense. (laughs) Well, for those that don't know about a Boykin Spaniel, tell us a little bit about We know that they're like a hunting-type dog, kind of like a Spaniel... They were specifically bred for upland uh, bird hunting and also retrieving ducks in South Carolina. Only they if, are. If you a take little, them a, across the border, though, they can't do that, right? If they get into North Carolina. <laughs> well, I sincerely hope so because we live in North Carolina. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, all I'm Hal sure needs to know, they're a gorgeous chocolate brown, so mm. that's all he needs to yeah. know. Okay. <laughs> so, what do you have going on here? Or dog? curly hair. Oh. Does yours have curly hair? I don't know. I haven't seen her yet. I've just seen pictures. Okay. So you're going to adopt her, and what's the deal? Well, uh, we contacted the Boykin Rescue uh, Organization, and they have paired us up with this dog that met 
most of our specific needs. And she's five years old. Uh, she was not an abused puppy at all. Uh, but as I said, we've never met her. I have never gone to pick up a rescue or adopt a rescue animal. And just wondering how to interact with her to begin with. And then tomorrow we're going to be on a 11 to 12 hour trip back home in the car. Okay. So I, I'm looking for some guidance of how to handle this situation. Definitely. And, and this would be a situation where a lot we're going to learn when we meet the doggie and how her personality is and how um, gregarious she might be with new people. So I kind of let the dog set the pace, but um, some general guidelines would be to definitely take it slow with the introduction process. Um, if you're picking her up and pretty much traveling almost, you know, within a couple hours, um, you don't get a lot of time to really get her used to you before we put her in the car and travel. But general guidelines would be just to give her a little time, use treat and reward systems um, for anything that we're doing, getting her into a crate, getting her into the vehicle, um, getting her mm-hmm. um, acclimated to you or any other people that she's going to have contact with. Um, but it is going to be a little fast track since you're traveling and heading her back. Um, if we had the option to use something like a pheromone collar, I would like that. Um, and those are the hormone uh sense that basically um, it's a non-smelling um, scent hormone that helps to calm dogs. And this would be a great use for that. It's not a medication. It's something you can just put around the dog's neck and it releases kind of a calming hormone. So that would be a very nice thing. Um, as far as traveling-wise, some will go back to this doggie's what she's used to. If she is used to being crate trained, Oh, it'll be so much easier for you to get her home and to be less stressful because she'll have a comfortable space that'll be her den. She will be familiar with that situation, and those 10 to 11 hours may be a breeze. So that would be good. Do you know if this uh, this pup is, or this dog is um, kennel trained? She is, and she is housebroken. Good, good. So, yeah, I'd say that that all is going to be very favorable for your trip back. And just every couple hours, I make sure, you know, we stop for potty breaks. Okay. Thanks so much. I appreciate the information, and I enjoyed your radio program so far today. It's the first time I've listened to it, but I will be a, a, a frequent listener. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It has come to an end once again. Ah, so sad. Thank you, Elaine Hendricks, for joining us. Uh, be sure to get your fix of Animal Radio all week long over at AnimalRadio.com. And download the Animal Radio nap, app. Nap? Nap. That's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> yeah, download your, on your mind. <laughs> your Animal Radio app right now because it's free. And it's for your iPhone and Android. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. is Animal Radio Network. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. Celebrating our connection with our pets, here's the toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405 to Dr. Debbie or for dog father Joey Volani. We're going to take a moment right now for a Lucy pet segment. Joey Herrick joining us from the Lucy Pet Foundation. Hi, Joey. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Well, you know what? I'm reeling still from Super Zoo and, of course, the big trade show, and we got to meet Jack, 
who is uh, Surfing Jack. Surfing I gotta Jack. Got to call him yeah, Surfing get Jack. That correct, Hal. All dressed up in his Aloha-friendly shirt and, and sunglasses. And he was so well-behaved. Unbelievable. Yeah, my dog would have been running all over the place. What's the story behind Surfing Jack? Well, Jack is, a, is a, an amazing dog. And uh, Jack's story is, is very interesting because uh, I uh, knew we were going to shoot this commercial uh, for the football commercial for the Super Bowl. So uh, it was on. It was on Super Bowl Sunday on Hallmark's Kitten Bowl. Uh, but we made most of the top ten and top twenty Super Bowl websites, and we weren't <laughs> even on the Super Bowl. That's, but we needed a dog for that. And uh, I also knew there was going to be a shampoo product coming out down the line, so we needed a dog that could do both. So I sent a, a drawing to uh, the head of the City of Los Angeles Animal Shelter, uh, Brenda Barnett, who is. Uh, a terrific person. We, you know, we actually uh, do spay and neuter for the city and the county of L.A. So I sent her this picture and said, "I'm trying to find this dog out of a shelter." And so she sent the picture to all the uh, shelters in Los Angeles. And so we started getting, you know, uh, feedback. You know, pictures sent into us. So and you had an idea what the dog was going to look like prior. Yes. Okay. And sure enough, these pictures came back with the dogs in, in different shelters, and uh, uh, and here's here's Jack, and Jack just looked exactly uh, like what we wanted. So uh, <laughs> I actually went to uh, down to the the East Valley uh, shelter here in Los Angeles and uh, found Jack. Look, looked at Jack, and uh, they said to me, "Well, look, there's a lot of interest in Jack, and uh, you're going to have to." Uh, you know, come back next Tuesday, and uh, uh, the dog will be available Tuesday. But you may have to get into a bidding war because it's been interest in Jack. Oh well, now let me let me explain to listeners real fast. Jack's a golden retriever, and when uh, Joey says that he wants him for the uh, Lucy Pet Foundation and for the the shampoo lines uh, as a spokes dog, correct? So you're going to need a dog that you're going to be able to to train, to do tricks, and to be a spokes dog, right? Correct. How did you know that Jack would have these skills? Well, you know, I I didn't really. I just knew Jack uh, had the look that was that was right. Uh, so on Tuesday, when I I went back, and uh, I was the only one that showed up. Nobody oh, showed up for Jack oh, on wow. Tuesday. Poor Jack. So there was no bidding war. Nobody wanted Jack. But I also brought with me uh, uh, Dr. Halligan, who uh, brought her little doctor bag to give Jack a quick exam, and uh-huh. uh, also a trainer that was going to work with us on the football commercial and. Uh, we we got Jack, and the trainer was very nervous because Jack had no uh, prey drive, didn't no no food drive, no treats, didn't uh, didn't care about chasing a ball. <laughs> not not good for a that. dog that you have to train. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> yes, the, the 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 trainer for the football commercial was very nervous about being able to get Jack to do anything, since Jack didn't really uh, care much. And actually, I always envisioned Jack to be a male. Uh, except this turned out to be a female. Oh, okay. So Jack's not so, a Jack, Jack but Jack is a, a Jackette, Jacqueline, Jackie. No, <laughs> a Jack is short for Jackie. Okay. So we started and we shot the commercial, and uh, Jack learned the tricks and finally got Jack to catch a ball and uh, do all the uh, tricks we needed for the uh, uh, commercial. And uh, if anybody hasn't seen, hasn't seen the commercial, if you go to LucyPetProducts.com, there's a uh, Click for Surfing Jack, and you can actually see J- Surfing Jack's uh, pictures and doing some of the, the tricks, and also the commercial, which is uh, you know a very moving commercial. But uh, so we we got through that, and then uh, uh, years ago, when I had a pet food company, I used to deliver these dog food rolls down to the set of Frasier. 
and there was a dog on Frasier named Eddie. Oh, yes. And the trainer was Matilda Cagney, who's a top, top trainer. Whenever she'd call the office, I, I would hear that, uh, hey, they need roles down on the, at Paramount on the set of Frasier. I, I would say, hey, I'll take it down there. <laughs> so, uh, and I never really thought at the beginning of this whole project that I could, uh, you know, get to Matilda Cagney to train Jack. But, uh, after the football commercial was done, I, uh, Took a shot and I called up Matil, who remembered me from, you know, 19 years before when I used to deliver uh, roles to the set and uh, told her what I was doing with the Lucy Pet Foundation and that, uh, you know, I'm trying to stop pet overpopulation. And uh, as, anyway, she checked out the, uh, our website and everything and called back and basically said, listen, I would love to work with you and it would be a pleasure for me to uh, train Jack. So Matilda Cagney got involved with uh, Jack, and, and it was amazing. I dropped Jack off on a Monday. I, I, I dropped her. Uh, she lives in Venice, so I went down to Venice, dropped uh, uh, Jack at her house, and on Wednesday she sends me video of Jack waving and doing all these tricks. It was unbelievable. Oh, Jack parks on cue, stands up, uh, sits up, uh, bows. Uh, wow. It's pretty amazing what she's d- done with uh, Surf and Jack. And Surf and Jack, who had such a sheltered life, you know, d- now likes toys, now likes uh, treats. A- and because uh, the name is Surf and Jack, Jack is learning to surf and get used <laughs> to water. Oh, wow. And uh, it, it's it's a pretty am- amazing dog and uh, such a sweet dog. I get the, sometimes uh, I get the dog uh, to come to my house. My kids go, hey, what? W- w- where, where's Jack? Can't Jack come home this weekend? <laughs> I said, Jack's in training. But he, then, uh, you know. Just proves that the dogs in shelters aren't bad dogs or rejects and stuff. They're all great dogs, and can you can make them into anything you want them to be. Well, here's a dog that uh, was in, in the shelter. Nobody came for her uh, except for me. I adopted her. Uh, she was in a football commercial seen by millions of people. Uh, now she, she's got her own product. Uh, she's about to become a very famous dog. Can you tell us about her product? Well, actually, there's, uh, I started a, uh, for, there's Lucy Pet Foundation, which is a 501c3 charity, and we do spay and neuter and, uh, uh, and, uh, education, things like that. But I started Lucy Pet Products, and, uh, like the foundation, I don't take any money from the foundation. I'm not taking any money from Lucy Pet Products. And uh, whatever, uh, you know, the profits of Lucy Pet Products, I'm donating back in to help run the foundation. And uh, the first products are uh, shampoos and leave-in conditioners. There's six different varieties, but uh, Surf and Jack has uh, her own shampoo. These smell awesome. Uh, I have to say, I I got, yeah, I got a sample. I got the blueberry shampoo and the blueberry leave-in conditioner. And after washing my little ladybug, I wanted to take a bite out of her she smelled (laughs) wonderful not only did she smell wonderful but her white was so much whiter she's white with black spots and she's really she looks clean and she smells wonderful that's good stuff too my son actually used the surf and jack's uh uh, shampoo uh on his on his own hair but uh, it was (laughs) i I caught him chasing cars afterwards so i had to shut So I encourage listeners to not only check out Lucy Pet Foundation, as I do every week, but LucyPetProducts.com, and uh, you can learn about uh, Jack, a little more about Jack. See the commercial that Jack is uh, so amazing in, and this this whole commercial, a whole lot of animals are really amazing in this. But the big thing from all this is, here's a dog that was in the shelter 
who now is on his, on her way to becoming a very famous dog because there's, there's a lot of things going on with Jack. And the dog could have been euthanized. Yep. So yeah, instead of being euthanized, shame. here's a dog that's a great, great, loving, affectionate dog. So it's really uh, go to the shelter and look uh, for more Jacks there. You heard it right there. Joey Herrick on Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.